This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Six. Welcome to another episode of the 643 Podcast with yours truly, Dylan Short, brought to you by 680 The Fan and Dickey Broadcasting Corporation. So, last night the Braves do lose to the Dodgers 7-4, and that was not nearly the biggest part of that game, uh, with it being the first time Freddie had faced the Braves since becoming a Dodger. They did the Freddie Freeman tribute, and I'm not going to lie to you guys, uh, <laughs> I teared up a little bit, uh, that... Just listening to the the on field interview, when I mean, Kelly Kroll was talking to Freddie about his time here and what he missed and and everything that went down in the off season, um, it, it was it was pretty glaringly obvious that Freddie never wanted to leave Atlanta. Uh, we've talked about it before. I, I know we keep rehashing this, but it's a big story. Freddie Freeman was a very large part of the Atlanta Braves and where they are now. A lot of that can be laid at the feet of Freddie Freeman. Uh, despite whatever you think of Freddie, despite whatever you tell yourself to make yourself seem like you're okay with losing Freddie, uh, it's a big story because guys like Freddie aren't supposed to change teams. They're they're just not. Those are those are the types of players that are supposed to play their entire career with one franchise. Um, it, it doesn't look right seeing them wear a different uniform. It still doesn't. Uh, eventually, over time, I guess it will. Uh, it's going to have to. He's got a long. He's got a long contract with L.A. The Braves are very happy with Matt Olson, as they should be. Matt Olson right now is currently probably the best hitter in baseball. Uh, is on base and he's he's getting on base in more than half of his plate appearances. He's hitting the ball for power. He's hitting all over the yard. He's uh, hitting for average, which is you know something that he had struggled with in the past. If you care about average at all. Uh, he's played really good defense over at first base. The only the only nitpicky thing is that he's slow, and you know Matt will be the first to tell you that he's not the fastest person in the world. And he's handled the change extremely well. Uh, but it doesn't change the fact, at least for me, um, I still miss Freddie, man. Uh, it, and I, I don't want this to get misconstrued. I don't want this to get kind of turned the wrong way and make it seem like I'm not happy with Matt Olson from a baseball perspective. You take Matt Olson over Freddie Freeman 10 times out of 10. He's younger. He's got more power. Uh, Freddie's a, Freddie's probably a little bit better as far as average. I don't know about going forward as Freddie's a little bit older. But Olsen, uh, Olsen arguably is a better defender. I think Freddie still probably wins the stretch department a little bit. But as far as actual defense over at first base, Matt Olson is a better defender than Freddie Freeman. Uh, and I think... 
I think even this year, you could say Matt Olson is going to be a better first baseman than Freddie, but certainly going forward. So as far as on the field goes, as far as a baseball mindset goes and winning games and setting your team up to win going forward, there's no doubt that Matt Olson is the correct move. Even if you could have had both easily, like even if both were on the table and it was, hey, pick between Matt Olson and Freddie Freeman, baseball wise, just pure on the field wise, you're taking Matt Olson. And I, I don't have a problem with Matt Olson. I love Matt Olson. I think that he's going to be an absolute superstar. I think he already you could already argue that he is a superstar, but I think he I think it's just going to raise here in Atlanta. Uh I think I think that he's the best first baseman in baseball. Uh and I guess you could you could argue Vlad Jr. I think Vlad Jr. might be a better hitter. But I don't think Vlad Jr. is really a first baseman. I think he just kind of plays there because he's got to have a position. Uh, I think ultimately Vladdy Jr. is more of a DH than he's anything else. Matt Olson is the best all-around first baseman in baseball. And I get all of that. I do. And I'm not, I'm not mad about that. I, it does suck seeing Pache get dealt, but I love that Oakland has absolutely embraced him. I love that he's front and center, and I love that he's performing well. He's not... He's not still not hitting super well, but you know he's he's doing a lot better than he was here. He's showing that he can actually play on a big league roster this year. We'll see how it goes for the rest of the season. And I have a lot of faith in Christian Pache. I think Christian Pache has a chance to be a superstar. Um, but there's just something that that goes beyond the stats. That goes beyond the on field with Freddie Freeman. He's he's kind of he's the guy. He's the Atlanta guy. He loved being here. He loved everything. He loved the fans. And if you watched his little tribute yesterday and you watched his interviews and you came away with anything other than feeling kind of down a little bit that he's not there, feeling bad that he's not in Atlanta anymore, then I don't know that I don't really know that I would ever have said that you were a Freddie Freeman fan in the first place. I I don't think that I think that a lot of people uh, over the course of the last month or so since the since the trade anyway. Uh, since all of that was revealed as far as Freddie's uh, Freddy's free agency, I think a lot of people have been kind of lying to themselves and trying to convince themselves that they didn't care about Freddie and that they were ready for Freddie to move on. Even the stupid notion that, oh, well, the Latin players didn't like Freddie. Well, it took all of about two seconds to, to get rid of that as the first thing you saw was pictures of him and Ozzy hugging on each other. Uh, I, I, I think that that was always a stupid talking point. It never had any real legs. It, it really was, it just sounded like, when you're trying to talk to your friends and get them to tell you that you're better off with your new, uh, with your new significant other rather than the one that you were with before for 12 years, uh, it, it just sounded kind of, kind of lame to be honest. Um, and it was frankly, it was kind of pathetic to hear people trying to bad talk Freddie Freeman, uh, and trying to pretend like he'd never been there. It was kind of pathetic, honestly. And I'm, I'm glad that they had that interview on TV. Even if it did make a lot of people tear up, I'm, I'm glad that they had that and and we were able to hear Freddie. Uh, and how much love he still has for Atlanta and Atlanta fans, because God knows Atlanta fans like to turn on people in a hot second. And I wouldn't have blamed Freddie for being like, hey, I gave these guys 12 or 11 years of my life and uh, won a World Series with them, stayed with them when they were one of the worst teams in the league. And as soon as I'm gone, they start talking bad about me. Uh, I wouldn't have been I, I wouldn't have blamed if blamed him if he'd kind of turned his backs on the fans. But that's that's not how it went down. Uh, and I think there's a lesson in that for Braves fans, by the way, or at least the ones on Twitter. Um maybe think a little bit, don't act like such a child uh, just because you're hurt about something doesn't, or just because you're trying to convince yourself that you're better off doesn't mean that you have to start being stupid and, and saying ridiculous things that have no legs to begin with. Maybe think a little bit before you speak. Um, but 
he's a Dodger now, and uh, unfortunately, you knew what that meant. That meant that the very first, the very first at bat, you knew he was going to go deep, and he did just that off of Wascar Noah. wasn't a bad pitch, but it was a classic Freddie home run. It was a pitch that was kind of off the outside corner, up and out, um, which is allowed him to get a little bit of lift on it and just push it out over the wall. His first home run as a Dodger is his first at bat against the Braves. And that is, if you didn't know that was happening, then you haven't been a Braves fan long enough. You knew that was going to happen from the jump. Uh, and unfortunately for Waskar, it didn't get a lot better. Waskar actually, he started out pretty well last night. His slider was biting really hard. His pitches looked better than they looked in his first outing. I was encouraged by that. I was also very encouraged that he was attacking the inside corner and the outside corner. Normally, he, he tends to strictly attack the outside corner because obviously when you're so slider heavy, it's a lot easier to, to attack that going away from a right-handed hitter than it is to try to front door a right-handed hitter. It makes it a lot, it's a lot easier when you're allowing it to go to your glove side rather than trying to break it back arm side, essentially, and try to make it hit towards the inside corner on a right-hander or backdooring a lefty. It's harder to control your slider that way, so... Um, it's important for Waskar to do that, though. I do wish he'd use his changeup more. He threw it a few times yesterday, and hitters were completely fooled on it. He just couldn't throw it for strikes consistently. He threw a pretty nasty one to Bellinger and threw a couple nasty ones to Lux as well. Um, it's just repetition with him. And unfortunately for Waskar, and remember this is coming from a gigantic Waskar fan, and I know some people, are, why, do you, why do you treat him like he's so good? Well, because he is phenomenally talented. There are a few, the, the only pitcher for sure in the Braves organization right now that you could say has better arm talent than Waskar Anoa is Spencer Strider. And unfortunately for Waskar, Spencer Strider has a lot of the same qualities, but has a big time advantage in the fact that one, Strider throws 100. Now, Waskar can run it up to 100 as well. He can throw, he was consistently 96, 97 last night. He's got 98, 99 in the tank as well. But. The difference is Strider has a lot better spin on his fastball. And, Sly and, and Strider's fastball, since he's so good at spotting it up in the zone, even if Strider's really only a two-pitch guy as well, his fastball is always going to get lots of swing and miss. Whenever you have high velocity like that and you can spot up in the zone, it just becomes so much harder for hitters, to one, to hit it, and two, to hit it with anything on the barrel. It's just it's harder to do. So he's got that kind of floor in there of even if the slider for him is not really working, he can still get out to adjust the fastball. Whereas with Waskar, he tends to attack with his fastball a little bit more down in the zone. Now, last night, we saw him throwing it up in the zone a lot more. Now, I don't know if that was a factor if he got a little bit tired and was just kind of leaving it up or if that was a concerted effort. I like the idea of him playing with it up in the zone. Even if the spin rates aren't phenomenal, I think... You have to be unpredictable at the big league level. And if you're throwing everything in the same location, even if your stuff is absolutely nasty, if you're throwing it in the same location, it's going to be a lot easier for hitters to foul it off and run up your pitch counts until you make a mistake. And we've seen that with him over the course. That That's kind of the adjustment that the major leaguers made to him after he broke his hand and came back. Um, and aside from that, his command had been a little bit spotty. Now, this this season's a little bit different seeing as he did have the shoulder injury last year they've been kind of slow walking him a little bit he didn't get a lot of spring training action and an already shortened spring training so while I, I I don't think that they're gonna have the luxury of letting him really get back to speed completely at the big league level I think Strider has been too good and they're both throwing about 70 75 pitches per outing uh, they're both throwing about the same rate of strikes. It's just Strider's not getting hit very hard. And there'll be some regression with Spencer Strider, for sure. Um, you're not going to see a guy who's, you know, who's 
57, 58% strikes continue to only have like one run allowed. You're not going to see that continue. You'll, you'll see some guys start to get to him once the league adjusts to him a little bit too. But the difference is because he has that fastball, whenever it's a fastball that you can sit back and rely on, it makes it a little bit easier as a pitcher. Um, but Brian Snicker was asked by uh, David O'Brien last night about Waskar's outing, which wasn't phenomenal, wasn't great. Now, to be completely fair to Waskar, the Dodgers are not a fun matchup for any pitcher, especially a pitcher who relies so heavily on a slider because they just don't chase. They, even even if you throw the nastiest slider possible and you put it exactly where you want to, if it's one that they don't feel that they can hit, they're just not going to chase it. They're just not going to swing. They're going to make you keep throwing it, and then they're going to make you put three in that same spot. And if they strike out on it, oh well. Otherwise, they're just going to they're gonna wait until you throw them a mistake pitch, and then they're going to punish it. Unfortunately for Waskar, the first time through the order, he looked really good. Freddie got him for the home run, but outside of that, he looked downright nasty. Second time through the order, though, they got to him, and they got to him pretty good. Uh, part of it's probably fatigue just because he hasn't really been throwing that much. Uh, and that's kind of what Snicker said last night when uh, O'Brien asked him about it. Snicker uh, said that he thought he kind of ran out of gas a little bit. And I'm quoting here. It was definitely a step in the right direction. What they did on the side sessions and all was definitely better. So that's an encouraging part of it. Speaking about Waskar, this guy needs to be a big part here. We've just got to keep working it and getting him going and getting him stretched out where he can help us. Now, for Waskar fans like myself, that's a good sign. That means they're, they're going to give him at least another start through, which is good. You don't want to tell somebody like, hey, this is your last chance for a little while before you get passed over. Um, it is also against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, but there's no doubt that if you're Waskar and Noah, you, you kind of got to put something together here soon. You don't have the luxury of getting yourself complete. You don't have you don't have five or six starts to really get yourself into gear here. Once once rosters trimmed down. You better make sure that you've shown it, because if, if you get to where you have to trim your rosters back down to 26 and Waskar and Spencer Strider have been pitching the exact same way, I don't see how you don't give that spot to Spencer. And this is coming from a guy that fully believes in Waskar and Noah. I don't want to see him get relegated to the pen. That's my big worry here is that they're going to see, well, you know, he can be very good out of the bullpen right now. And they'll start doing that that yo-yo with him where they where he's in the pin at the big leagues and every once in a while he gets a spot start and then he gets sent down and starts in the minors and then he comes back up and he doesn't have a stable spot and he's constantly having to adjust how he does it i would rather if they roll with strider i'd rather they send waskar down and let him work with mike merrith i don't think that that's the worst idea in the world my only fear as a waskar fan is that if they do that elder and strider are going to show out and waskar's never going to get another shot here which i would be very upset about because when you see Waskar and you see how devastating that slider is and you see what he can do and the, the type of arm talent he has when he's right, that's a, that's a dangerous, dangerous pitcher. And I do not want to see him end up going somewhere else and realizing that potential on another team when I want that on my team. Um, but, but, and this is, this is the part of it where you have to be objective a little bit. Uh, at this point in time, he and Strider throw the same pitches they kind of operate on the other end of, of which ones they throw more and which ones they lean on, but they throw the same pitches. They've had about the same command as of yet, but Strider has performed demonstrably better. So if you're just being completely objective, you should probably lean towards Strider being a starter. I just don't want to see Waskar stuck in the Major League bullpen. And now with Bryce Elder pitching well, uh, Bryce Elder's first start went fantastic. Second start against the Padres did not go very well for him. He didn't. He clearly didn't have it. He was walking everybody. He was hanging a lot of pitches at 91, which you can't really do. 
But what was super impressive was that he bore down. He only gave up two runs. He really didn't pitch well at all, but he fought through it, got himself through five innings, and, and saved the bullpen a little bit. And that was very important. That was that was a really... I learned more from him in that outing than I learned from him in his debut outing. That was very impressive. And that's something that I'm sure the team was extremely impressed with for a guy that, you know, making his second big league start, just clearly didn't have it, doesn't have the overwhelming stuff that a lot of those others have. But he, he made it work, and he, he got himself to a point where the Braves were still in the game when he left the game. That's another arm that you have to consider when you're talking about who's going to play where and who's going to get sent back down. If Elder keeps pitching like that, I don't think Elder's going anywhere either. I think that's that's the problem here when you're talking about Waskar. And the changeup has shown flashes. He just the command of it's not there. That's one of those where if he gets sent down, I have no I have no doubt that Mike Merritt could work his matchup with Waskar as well. Mike Merritt tends to turn everybody that goes down to him around. Look what he did with Kyle Wright. Uh, look at Tuki Toussaint this year. Look at Kyle Muller this year. I mean, Mike Merritt is a guru. So I I, I would actually be happier if. Waskar, rather than get sent to the pin if this continues with him, just gets sent down to Gwinnett and gets to work exclusively with Merrith before coming back up and trying to attack. I would, I would almost guarantee that if that happens, you'll see him attacking with more than just a fastball slider combination. I would almost guarantee you see him uh, really, really working on the changeup down there or the splitter or one of his other pitches. Uh, and I, I think that that would be a net good for Waskar. Um, this morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Overall, and it'd probably be a net good for the Braves because they're, they're, it's still too early to worry, I'll say that, but at 5-7, and seven, you really shouldn't be 5-7 and seven right now. Um, you started off with the Reds and the, and the Nationals, two teams that aren't very good. Uh, the Padres are okay, but they're not. Their pitching's no great shakes either. So you really don't like seeing them being two games under 500. Now, after the Dodgers series here, you do get finally you get a day off on Thursday, but then you go into the Marlins and the Cubs and the Rangers, none of whom are very good. So you do have a nice little stretch coming up after this, but you want to at least split. You want. I would like to win with the Dodgers, split the road trip, win the series with LA, so you can come back home saying that you split that road trip and it, it's. You'd at least be 500 coming back. That would be okay. Uh, you've got your two pitchers that you want to see going tonight and tomorrow. You've got Max Freed going on tonight, and uh, you've got Charlie Morton tomorrow. And for Max, this is a danger spot for him. He doesn't normally perform extremely well against the Dodgers. Now, to be fair, a lot of pitchers don't perform well against L.A. because that lineup is ridiculous. Uh, and, and on the other side of that, the Braves are going to have to deal with Walker Bueller. And non-playoff Walker Bueller. In the playoffs, the Braves hit Walker Bueller very, very well. But in the regular season, uh, Bueller can kind of get to them a little bit. Now, what you'll see tonight from Bueller is I'm sure he's still kind of gearing up as well. 
but he had a pretty good outing so far. He's, he's 1-0 on the year, 338 ERA. Uh, his whip's a little bit higher, so he might still be dialing in the command. He's got five walks to go with his nine strikeouts, whereas Max only has one walk. For Max, this is kind of a different story. If you look at his baseline numbers, you think that he hasn't really pitched all that well. He's pitched pretty well this year, has been very unlucky, and a factor of that is the outfield defense right now is just atrocious. It certainly didn't help Waskar last night that there were at least two or three outs that were right there for the taking, and your outfield defense kind of screwed you uh, and made him have to throw more pitches to this lineup. It certainly didn't help. There was a tough play for Arcia where he was heading towards the wall, but a real outfielder makes that catch, hit him in the glove. He just didn't hold on to it. Maybe got a little bit nervous that the wall was right there. Uh, There's another one that fell in front of him that shouldn't have. There was one that fell in front of Duvall because Duvall has to play so far back in center field, which, by the way, if you look at Duvall's stat cast, he's been an excellent center fielder, but he's still more of a corner guy. Um, I don't want to make excuses for Waskar. Started out well. It didn't end well for him. Uh, he lost his command. He started hanging pitches in the zone. That final inning, he was hanging a lot of sliders in the zone, and it came back to bite him. He gave up at one point. It was four straight uh, hard hit balls, and that, that's that's not going to work. But it doesn't help when you don't have a defense that you can trust either, and that's that's one of the things that will get alleviated. Once you get Ronald Acuna back, you'll be able to slot him back into right, and then you'll only have one bad defender in the field, whoever is playing left at that point. I almost wouldn't be... I, I, I really wouldn't be that against it if you rolled back with Heredia in center, Duvall in left, and Acuna in right once once everybody was back. I really wouldn't be that opposed to it. Yeah, Heredia is not really going to hit very well, but you got to kind of do what you got to do. Really, one of the things I'd really like to see is sign Conforto. If nobody's signed him yet, this would be one of those instances where I would try to pull a Dallas Keuchel move and, and sign Conforto. Get him into this ball club. You know he's going to hit well. He's going to have power. He'll get on base a lot. But he's also a better – he's not a great defender. But he's a more reliable defender than, say, Eddie Rosario or Marcelo Zuna or Orlando Arcia. He's an actual outfielder. And you could leave Duval in center field at that point. You could slot in Conforto into left, Acuna into right, and you'd have an actual outfield there. And I'd feel a lot better seeing something like that. I'm sure if I've thought about it, I'm sure if you've thought about it, Alex is talking about it as well. But that is something I'd like to see because I don't want to see the Braves doing this struggle back and forth all season long. Just because it worked last year and they got to the postseason and went on that big run late in the year, that's not something you want to flirt with. So it's still too early to freak out. Like I said before, I'm not going to really freak out until you get to May if the Braves are still doing this back and forth dance. I'm not going to really get worried until May. But you'd like to see the offense be a little bit more consistent, not quite as all or nothing. Last night, they did pretty well. They put up four runs and against some good pitchers for the Dodgers. That's that's not a bad thing. They chased Clayton Kershaw fairly early, actually. And Kershaw looked fantastic for most of it. But they chased him out after five innings. Four run hit two bombs off of him, which was nice to see. Guillermo Heredia got one. And uh, Ozzie Albies got himself yet another homer. Which, Ozzie, Ozzie's locked in with the power. He's, he's not getting a ton of hits, but he's making his hits count, which is nice to see because... Matt Olson is, is just crushing the ball. Matt Olson right now, 452, 566, 714 slugging. That's good for a 1280 OPS. There's just nobody on base in front of him. Riley continues to swing the bat well. He went two for four last night. I, I think the Braves are going to rely on him a lot. Marcelo Zuna has been hitting the cover off the ball, which he needs to do if he hopes to garner any love from the fans. Um, even Travis Darno. Travis has been hitting really well. He's not walking or doing anything else, but he's hitting the ball well. He's squaring up pretty well, which is all you can really ask for. Um, Unfortunately, Dansby, he, he just looks completely lost right now. Uh, 20 strikeouts for him on the year. Uh, let's see, 20 strikeouts in 42 at-bats, I believe it is. Either 20 strikeouts in 42 or 20 in 40. It's, it's, I think he leads the league right now in strikeouts, and that's just not a good thing. 
Uh, but the Braves getting four runs last night off of quite a few hits, actually. Put together 10 hits, so that, that was good from the offense. They've kind of been all or nothing to this point. I'd like to see that continue. Um, the power needs to start coming through, though, for the Braves. I, I don't know how much of this is, is related to the humidor or not, but this team is far too powerful to be wall scraping and playing pepper with the warning track. Uh, you need to start seeing some of these balls start going out. And that's one, once that starts happening, then I'll feel a lot better about this Braves lineup. I think uh, I, I, the, the power is going to come. Once it warms up, all of a sudden, I think you'll start seeing some balls start flying out. But early on, you're not seeing the, the real power that you expect to see from these Braves guys. And some of it's bad luck, like Alex Dickerson's hitting the cover off the ball and has nothing to show for it at all. Some of it is not putting great swings. Some of it is timing looks a little bit off. And some of it is are balls that look like they should be gone and just aren't. Those are the ones that I kind of think the humidor is playing a big role in. Um, I'd like to see them get that kind of ironed out a little bit. Great time to start would be tonight. Feast off of Bueller a little bit. Get to him early. The Dodgers have a good pen, you saw, but you can get to some of them. You saw the Braves, once Kershaw got out of it, they got to Brewstar Grotterol pretty easily. And that's, for a guy that throws as hard as Brewstar does and has the ridiculous movement that he does, the Braves have never really struggled with him. They're, now, he'll strike guys out, for sure. But you're talking about, in their bullpen, they've, they've got quite a few guys who are ridiculously talented. Daniel Hudson, Paul Bigford, Craig Kimbrell, obviously, in there. Brewstar Grotterol, Blake Trinan. Uh, they, they got a long list of really, really talented relievers, and you'd, you'd like to get to them sooner rather than later. You don't want to have to try to score three or four or five runs off of their bullpen. Their bullpen is about like the Braves' bullpen. If you get into that bullpen with a lead, you're basically you're you're pretty you're very confident that you're winning that game. So you got to buck that trend a little bit. Score first. The Braves tend to do a lot better when they score first. Don't do so well when the other team scores first. So get to get to Bueller early. And for Max, Max is going to have to be pinpoint with that command tonight. Like I said, the Dodgers don't really chase, which can be a struggle for Max because Max throws so many different breaking balls, so much curve and slider, and a lot of that is a lot, especially that curve is very reliant on falling out of the zone and getting hitters to to put bad swings on the ball. You just don't see that a lot with this Dodgers lineup. So I, I wouldn't. I'm never worried when Max Fried is on the mound, but. L.A. and Washington are probably the two teams that feast off of Max more than anybody else in baseball. And granted, L.A. is going to feast off of anybody, but this is one of those matchups where you kind of need Max to, to kind of pony up a little bit and uh, grab that little ace moniker and go out there and out-duel Walker Bueller, show that he's a better pitcher than Walker Bueller. Uh, tonight would be a good night to show for it. Uh, be careful with Freddie. I, I have a feeling that Freddie's going to do really well against Atlanta in all of these games. But get to get get to, get on the board quickly. Get on the board early, and I think the Braves can pull out a win here. Um, one other thing before we really end shop for today is um, waving the white flag in a game like that. Now, I'm not going to say that putting in Newcomb is is what cost you the game because I mean, Waskar was clearly out of it by that point, and you know your starter gave up five. Now, some of them were allowed because of Sean Newcomb, but but really gave up four on his own pretty easily. Um, and that's not something that, that you can win with consistently. And, and when you have to go to the bullpen early, Snicker, as much as we all want to say that sometimes the highest leverage inning is the fifth inning, that's not how Snicker operates. That's just not, especially early in the season. If he, if he has to go to the bullpen in the early innings, he's going to go to his last person in the bullpen. And that's, that's Sean Newcomb. Now, 
The real question is not, should he have gone to Newcomb or should he not have? The question is, why is Sean Newcomb in the bullpen anyway? Why is Sean Newcomb a bullet in that gun when he should not be? You can't tell me that there's not better options in Gwinnett to be in that bullpen spot than Sean Newcomb. And to be honest, I have no idea why. This is something that Braves fans have been wondering out, wondering about for years now. Uh, and last night, he actually was throwing strikes. Problem was, he just isn't missing any bats now. So he's either all over the place, and then he'll miss some bats because hitters don't know where the ball's going, or he's in the strike zone, and hitters know he's in the strike zone, and he's not missing any bats anyway. Um, there's not, that's not a good sign for Sean. Uh, I, I would I keep assuming that Sean will be a casualty once the rosters drop, but I've been thinking that for three years with Sean Newcomb now, and it just hasn't happened. He's been living off of that near no-hitter for four years now, uh, and for some reason, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe the Braves see something that they think that, that eventually he'll get it and they want to be the team to unlock it. I don't really know. I think that that's probably one thing that they should probably try to maybe cut bait on, that maybe the Sean Newcomb era needs to be kind of just over. Um but until it is, you're just going to have to roll with what you got and hope that you get into spots where, or at least just hope you don't have to see him too, too often. And again, to be completely fair to Sean, the Dodgers can do that to anybody. Um, but it doesn't kind of erase the fact that, that Newcomb is probably not somebody that a World Series type of team should have in their bullpen with any regularity. Um, I don't know what the correct answer, or the correct usage for him is. I know what my usage would be, but that's I'm not Brian Snicker. I'm not Alex Anthopoulos. I don't see what they see. Unfortunately, all I see is what the rest of you see, which is a guy that when he comes into a game is essentially meaning you're not winning that baseball game. Uh, after it kind of stings a little bit after you had Elder and Strider basically save that entire game against San Diego so that you had a well-rested bullpen and you didn't really get into that well-rested bullpen. I don't know why AJ Minter wasn't the first person out of the pen, but Snicker has an idea. He's got a plan with what he's thinking of and, and we'll, we'll see it going forward. I know the 14 games in a row probably has a lot to do with that. Trying to be very cautious about not overusing guys early with a shortened spring training. I think that's playing quite a large role. I think once you get back down to 26, you can just assume that Newcomb is off the roster. He'll be DFA. And I don't know if anybody's going to pick him up. Um, I think that's going to be the interesting thing is, is, is it going to be Alex Dickerson that gets DFA when you're ready to activate Ronald Acuna? Or is it going to be Waskar Anoa? I don't think it's, it's not going to be Spencer Strider. Is it Bryce Elder? I don't know. I think at this point, you'd have to say that Bryce has uh, earned himself quite a few more looks as well. So it, 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 it's an interesting road that we're going to see go down. They're not going to move Orlando Garcia anywhere. He's their only, he's their only infield depth on the roster right now. Uh, so you're talking about, my guess would be between Alex Dickerson, Sean Newcomb, Waskar Noah, Bryce Elder. I would, I would imagine two of those four will be the casualties for when Ronald Acuna comes back and for when your rosters shrink anyway. So we'll see what happens going forward. They're not going to keep a six-man rotation all year. So if Strider continues to show that he's good for 80, 90 pitches, 75 to 90 pitches, I think that he's going to take that fifth spot in the rotation unless Waskar really comes out in a hurry and shows that he's back to being what we expect to see from Waskar, what we saw that first month before he broke his hand. Now, if Waskar comes out and shows that he's going to do that, then I think that it's a no-brainer that he's in there. He's just got too much arm talent, too much upside. He's too good. But if he's not there yet and you have to start making decisions on your roster, I think at that point, that's when you send him back down. And you can say that it's just so he can get right and so he can get himself stretched out. You kind of give yourself a built-in excuse without just saying, hey, you're not pitching well. Uh, which, again, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I think that could help out Waskar a lot. It doesn't diminish what I feel about him at all. I feel that he's I, – I, I really do truly feel that he's one of the most talented arms in the Brave system. I think that he's got a shot 
uh, especially especially if he can start to get where he feels comfortable showing that change up. Doesn't have to throw it a lot. Maybe seven seven eight percent of the time, maybe. Um, but if he gets to where he he gets comfortable attacking inside and outside, and and at least showing a third or fourth pitch, even, then I think you're talking about a guy that's the top of the rotation arm. I feel that same way about Spencer Strider. Uh, I think the Braves have a lot of arm talent like that. I think you're, you're still talking about Charlie Morton and Max Fried and Ian Anderson, Mike Soroka, if you get him back at all this year, though I'm not going to count on him until you do. Um, Tucker Davidson at some point. You'll see Tucker back at the big league level. He's down at Gwinnett right now. So there's there's a lot of arms here, and that that's good and bad. You don't have the luxury of struggling. You've seen what Kyle Wright's been able to do this year after spending basically a full season at Gwinnett. I don't think working with Mike Merritt is a bad thing for any of these young arms, especially a guy like Waskar. I actually think it would be a little bit more beneficial. I would just be worried that you're not going to see him back up. But for the Braves, get right, win tonight, win tomorrow, come back home at 500, feeling pretty good, and, and coming off of winning two games in a row in the final leg of that road trip and beat L.A. in a series, you'll come back home feeling really good. And I think you'll see the Braves start to take hold a little bit as we get a little bit farther into the season. Ronald Acuna, by the way, starts his rehab assignment at Gwinnett tonight. So rest in peace to all of those poor minor leaguers that are going to have to throw to Ronald Acuna. I think you'll see him back. At the next, I think you'll see him back against Miami. I don't think you'll see him really waiting until May. I think he'll be back in the next homestand. I don't think it's going to take him very long to get dialed in. Uh, he's been playing sim games. He's been hitting homers in sim games. I don't, I don't think it's going to take him long at all. Uh, you get that going, and uh, we'll see what happens going forward. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, if you guys are going to be listening to 6 to the Fan tonight, I will be doing the um, pregame show with Wiley Ballard, 8.55 p.m. before the 10-10 first pitch tonight for the Braves. It'll be Max Fried versus Walker Bueller as the Braves look to even up the series before getting a day off on Thursday, which I'm sure they are just ready and raring for. At this point, they got to be dragging. Uh, so get get yourself two wins here. Get back home after a day off and get ready to get into some easy portion of the schedule again. We'll be back again here on Thursday and then on Saturday mornings on 680 The Fan for the 643 show on 680 The Fan. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back again on Thursday here on the 643 Podcast. <laughs> That's all, folks. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves' 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.